Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Max Brenzel, co-founder and CEO at Spoke AI to the show. Max, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on. Let's kick this off. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, happy to. So I'm originally from, from Germany. I've been living in Berlin since 2016. Originally moved here to start working in, an, in a fairly early stage startup in fintech, B2C though and uh, then stuck around ever since and found Berlin to be a great place to to build companies and meet diverse international people. So had a good time so far. That's great. And, and what is the Berlin tech scene like? Are you meeting a lot of other SaaS founders, tech founders in Berlin? Yeah, definitely. I think it's gotten more diverse from my perspective. So it used to be very fintech heavy. This could have also been biased by me obviously working in fintech so that that uh, kind of does mm -hmm. that, I guess. But I think it's getting it's getting even more international, uh, more diverse, more B2B as well. Initially, there were a lot of e-commerce and B2C companies. Now the ecosystem is is maturing. So lots happening in, in B2B SaaS, AI as well. So very exciting times. Yeah, that's great. And your background, is it? were you an engineer, technical, or more on the commercial side? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so my background is in economics, and I then worked kind of uh, interdisciplinarily in, uh, on the commercial side, so leading international expansion projects. So those usually had a bit of operations, a bit of legal regulatory work as well, and then working closely with, with product teams as well when launching products in new markets, adapting those to local needs, etc. So yeah, it was a, was a bit of a mix. That's great. Well, well, let's dive into Spoke AI. Tell us what products and services does Spoke offer. Yeah, happy to. So at Spoke, we're essentially building privacy-first AI products that help our users prioritize and summarize their communication across different tools, ultimately to help them save time and work more efficiently. And today we do that across kind of two different areas. So one is as a standalone app that works within Slack and helps users to summarize busy channels, long discussions in there to quickly get an overview of what's happening, what's relevant. And next up, we're bringing that same technology into a standalone web app where we then apply it across different platforms so that you can stay on top of all of your communication across different tools, not just Slack, but also ticketing, Figma, Miro, sort of the tool stack of the modern product manager. Okay. Yeah, really interesting. And so obviously AI involved to help kind of summarize all these different communications. And, and so really when, when you push this into the standalone web app, then you, like you said, it's not just say Slack, but it's, it's ticketing and, and just anywhere, you, you know, internally or maybe externally you're communi communicating. Yeah, absolutely. So we're starting with a focus on, on the product vertical. So it's around eight to 10 tools that product managers typically use on a daily basis. But we also include Slack and Gmail, just because that's still where majority of communication happens, of course, for many people, so that it feels complete. But we're also bringing in these other tools. So no matter if you're being tagged in a Slack thread or in a Jira ticket, you want to be able to quickly get the context to action these things. And that's where the summarization comes in. Interesting. So if, if I'm living in Slack, you know, internal communications, is it summarizing, say, what happened during the day? Is it summarizing a specific, you know, thread? You know, how is that summarizing that back to me? Yeah, so that's an important point. And 
that's where why we're privacy first. So we put mm -hmm. the user in control. We do not kind of read in the background and process your communication in the background, but it's always user triggered, right? So you can either summarize on demand if you want to understand what happened in a thread, for example, or you can also pre-configure scheduled summaries. So for example, if you have a very busy channel with your team, you might want to get a summary of everything that's happened in there at the end of the day, for example. So it, it kind of depends on the use case, but in the end, the user's always in control and there's no sort of automatic processing of data happening in the background. Yeah, interesting, because I've been part of some Slack groups where it's just, there's so many messages. And so it's like, don't even know where to start. And I know I'm losing certain messages within different channels and direct messages. And it, sometimes I think it's overwhelming if, if there's a lot of volume of messaging within, within that Slack channel. So I'm guessing it's helping kind of clear through all that noise and also just make sure you're not missing anything, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see it we see it working super well for teams as small as 10 people that rely heavily on async communication and usage of Slack. But then obviously, like we also experienced ourselves in our past jobs, communication usually doesn't scale well if you all of a sudden have a big growth in the team, more stakeholders to keep informed, more tools, more specialized tools that you're using. So it doesn't, it doesn't get better with size typically. So it becomes more valuable to have the summarization. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And we know tech companies, you know, Slack is very popular, but are you targeting, is it anyone, say in the Slack example, any industry, you know, it could be manufacturing, it could be tech, anyone say who's using Slack that you can help them? Yeah, so right now the common denominator is just English language as the official mm -hmm. company language. And the cool thing is that with our Slack app being an open beta, we've seen signups from around the world, from different ecosystems, from the US to Asia, and also huge diversity in the type of company. So a lot of them are, of course, kind of software-driven companies, but we also have NGOs, we have agencies. So really a big, big and surprising diversity already now in the type of company that signs up. I'm sure. I'm sure that's really interesting to see what kind of companies are, are coming on board. And so what year did you found Spoke AI? We started in 2021. Okay. To really start looking into AI and how we might apply it specifically for summarization. It feels like a lifetime ago now, but back then it was kind of GPT-3 was in its early, early phases. And we started experimenting a little bit. And yeah, since then, obviously, have come quite a long way already. Yeah, definitely. And then where is Spoke located? Are you uh, remote, global? Do you have a headquarters? So we like to call ourselves remote first which means that we have a small office in Berlin, but half our team is um, located outside of Berlin, spread across uh, Europe and, and Africa. I think currently we're in seven different countries. And then we try, we try to kind of keep it in the same time zone, more or less, and then bring everyone together twice a year. Okay, okay, yeah, nice, nice. And what's your current team size? We're 17, including myself and my two co-founders as well. Okay, so you and two other co-founders then? Exactly, yeah. Okay, great. And then anything you want to share about your, your revenue size or AR range? So we're still pre-revenue. We made the decision to launch our first product, the Slack app, for free with the attention, intention of letting people experience AI summarization. Obviously, this is a new technology, right? So it's important that people can test it out in a very easy, low-friction way. 
and then see the value and understand how it could fit into their workflow. So currently our, our Slack app is completely free to use. And we're, as we're introducing more and more features in the next couple of weeks, we'll then think about what, a, what kind of premium tier could look like. Yeah, that's interesting. And I saw in one of the press releases, it mentioned something about a, a wait list of 500 companies. So was that a very deliberate plan to generate maybe some interest, a wait list, and then start onboarding customers or, or yeah. you know, free customers? Yeah, absolutely. So we initially limited the amount of companies that we onboarded because we wanted to really make sure that the summarization works in a very reliable and safe way. So if you do if you do summarization in our kind of area, then you don't want the AI to be particularly creative, for example, right, and make up new colleagues or new facts. So we were running the the, the product in closed beta most of last year, actually and really learned a lot about how to make the summarization reliable and safe. And during that time, we had the wait list of companies that we now onboarded in the meantime. Okay. So was this also part of your product iteration plan to get some initial customers on, get that feedback, iterate the product, you know, before you start, you know, bringing a ton of customers onto the platform? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like now in hindsight, seeing the diversity of companies now signing up, it shows how important it is to initially really kind of be very strict about the type and size of company that you onboard, because otherwise you're just getting pulled in so many different directions with the feedback that you're getting. So I think it was it was the right uh, move to initially really like limit the the amount of beta testers. Okay. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And then how much capital have you raised to date? So last year, we raised our first institutional round. So we called it our pre-seed round. We raised 2 million euros. And then in summer of last year, we also did a 1 million non-equity raise, which is mostly mm. grants. Okay. And, and then what, what led you to that, that $2 million pre-seed raise? You know, any triggers or milestones? Or what did you see that said, hey, you know, it's, it's, we, we need some capital or we're ready for some capital right now? Yeah. So I think milestones were definitely that we were able to build a strong core team pretty early on. So we were lucky that at one of our previous companies where I also met one of my co-founders, we also worked on AI-based products like a chatbot, for example. So we already had some colleagues like data scientists that are very experienced with natural language processing, for example, that we were then able to bring on as early team members. So we had this kind of core team with a lot of AI expertise in place, and we had a pretty clear idea about what we want to build with AI obviously being a very broad field, but we early on specialized in text summarization. And I think the combination of having a clear roadmap and an early strong team was sort of, was sort of the two key ingredients to raising the pre-seed round. Okay, so that precede let you then hire some of those, your, your network, you knew some data scientists, for example, that you wanted to bring on board. And so with that funding, you could start building out that core team, you said. Yeah, exactly. So okay. I think we were eight around the time of our race. And then now we scaled the team to 17 people. And I think the reason for raising in general, obviously, was that we're building something with a technology that people don't know yet, right? So we were aware that it would take quite a while for kind of the technology to be adopted and become mainstream. I think in 2021, we didn't foresee the current AI hype and how quickly everything's moving in the market. So that was also one of the considerations. 
And then with that pre-seed round, what was the timing of events? Did you have an MVP that you could go out to potential investors and show them? Did you just have a concept, an idea? Tell us a little bit about the timing of that pre-seed round. Yeah, happy to. So we had an early MVP that was sort of working in a bit of a mechanical Turk way, I guess. Not not everything in place, of course, but yeah, we had that early MVP and we had that in closed beta. So we were just starting to onboard first companies to that MVP with the intention of starting to build a real life data set that we could then use to really build the summarization um, that we wanted to build. And that was sort of around, yeah, that was April of last year. So that pretty, pretty much coincided. And then we were able to accelerate, of course, our hiring based on the pre-seed round and then also in turn the product development and the speed of onboarding companies during the closed beta. Okay. So early MVP at that pre-seed. And then at that point, was it more selling your vision, what you're trying to achieve, you know, to these investors to raise that capital? Yeah, definitely. I think we had to be creative, of course, to envision what could be possible. So there's so many different applications of AI, but even with just AI summarization, there's so many different ways that you could go. And obviously at our stage, this is still something that's evolving every day as we as we learn and talk to our users. But of course, it was very much kind of forward looking and we were kind of yeah, mm-hmm. dreaming about what we could build in five years and where this could mm-hmm. go. Yeah, that's great. And then currently, you know, where you are right now, what's an important number or metric that you're really monitoring or you that you use to manage your business? Yeah, so there's two things with the Slack app or app for Slack that we have live. We look at weekly active users, of course, and how we activate new companies that we onboard and then retain those in the form of weekly active users. And then the other thing that for us is a very important metric is ratings of summaries. So when we serve a summary to our users, they're able to rate and give feedback. And from that, of course, we can learn a lot. And we've had thousands of summaries reviewed by by users now. And that for us is a very, very important mechanism. So we pay close attention to that and always try to get as close as possible to 100% positive ratings, which of course is very difficult. Oh yeah. So weekly active users. And then, yeah, that's interesting with the ratings of the summaries. Is that providing a lot of real-time feedback then every day? Do, do a lot of users, you know, rate those summaries or do some not rate, you know, do you, do you get a lot of feedback that way? Yeah. I think people enjoy kind of being, being part of this kind of, of building something, right. And even if it's just one or two clicks, but that's also why we frame the product as currently being an open beta so that we can really kind of prime people to participate in what we're building here. And then we try to make it on the kind of user interface, super easy to give that feedback, of course. So it's really clicking a thumbs up, thumbs down. And then if you want, you can kind of select additional feedback points from kind of pre-configured menu. And that, yeah, that's, I think, I think fun for people when they get this feeling of, I'm also improving the product for myself over time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Make it easy for them to, to give that feedback. So really appreciate your time today, Max. So as we wrap up here, what's coming up that's that's fun and exciting this year for, for Spoke AI? Yeah. So we're super excited to launch our next product, which is a, the standalone web app that then applies to summarization across different tools. We're launching that in closed beta at the beginning of May. 
So we're super excited to start working with some companies there. And this product is built for slightly larger companies. So will be kind of a step change for us in terms of dealing with, with uh, these kind of larger companies and all the compliance and kind of process that comes with it. And then we're also super excited to keep adding new features to our Slack app, which is sort of our MVP playground, so to say. And we have a very, very big feature coming up there actually in the next weeks. And we'll then also launch the Slack app on Product Hunt. Okay, great. Yeah, so a lot of great stuff coming up for Spoke AI. So really appreciate you sharing your story and your time today, Max. And if listeners would like to learn more about your company, where should we send them online? So generally super happy to connect on LinkedIn. Um, feel free to shoot me a message there. And otherwise, uh, yeah, check out our website, Spoke AI, and you can learn a little bit about the different products that we're building and you can get in touch there as well. That's great. And is it spoke.ai or spokeai.com? That's spoke.ai. Okay, spoke.ai. All right, if you'd like to learn more about Max and the and Spoke, check out spoke.ai. So again, Max, really appreciate your time today and sharing your story. Thanks for having me.